1: Welcome back to Bring Home Sandrine, a podcast covering the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan. This is episode 13, Brad Speaks. My name is Graham Crowley, thank you very much for listening. The podcast has been created for a mature audience, there is discussion about suicide and death, and listener discretion is advised. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. There have been some interesting developments in this case since episode 12 dropped on 19 November 2023. Firstly, you may recall I mentioned Morton Life, a quarterly magazine for the Morton Bay area. That magazine wrote an article on Sandrine for their summer edition, which came out in December 2023. If you have not seen the magazine or the article, I have placed a link. To the article on my Facebook page, Graham Crowley Podcast Investigations. Hopefully, it may jog a memory. I'm now joined by Christine Sandrine's sister, who has an amazing update on activities with the coroner's court. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Graham? Yeah, I'm well. Thanks, Christine. Um, you have some information about the coroner's court, don't you?
2: Yes. We're still crossing our fingers, but at this stage they are looking into, they actually are looking into my sister's case, which is uh, a relief after 11 years of fighting it for it. But, yeah, they are looking at getting it reopened.
1: Yes, it's excellent news, isn't it? It's exciting. As I understand it, a family member wrote to the coroner. Is that correct? That's correct. And... Outlined uh, information about all three men in her life that was previously not known by the coroner. That's right, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Also, it's one of those things where the coroner had asked us to point out what we have, um, what we argued regarding the coroner's report and everything else, and how certain factors weren't put forward to the police mm. for the coroner to make that decision.
1: Yep. So the coroner's uh, indicated that they've reopened the file. It's not conclusive that they'll hold a coroner's inquest, but at least they're looking at the file again, aren't they? That's
2: correct. They are actually looking at it instead
1: of dismissing us for a change,
2: so that's that's
1: a bonus. (laughs) Exactly, whereas previously the file was closed, so that's exciting. Obviously, we don't know how long it's going to take. They haven't indicated that to you, have they?
2: No, they haven't. I haven't heard any more apart from several emails just asking for more information, and that's all we keep getting asked is more information, more info, that we need more info, we need more this, we need more.
1: Yep. And for the listeners' uh, benefit and understanding, if there is an inquest, there will be a lot of people who are called to give evidence. In the coroner's court, you know, there's no refusing to answer. You have to answer the question. It could be a game-changer, really. It
2: could definitely be a game-changer. It, it's going to open up all of those loopholes that everybody keeps pointing out and all the little lies and everything else that keeps getting mentioned and that certain people in her life keeps bringing up that attention.
1: It's We're going to get
2: answers. It just feels like 2024 we are going to get some answers finally.
1: Yeah, I hope so.
2: I hope so too.
1: Let's hope an inquest results from the file being reopened. That could result in the file being returned to the Queensland Police Service for further investigation. That would certainly save Team Jordan from having to investigate the disappearance of Sandrine. Episode 12, Calling Brad, provoked an unprecedented amount of feedback. Thanks for listening. Just recently, Brad joined my Facebook group, Graham Crowley Podcast Investigations. Welcome, Brad. You may recall in episode 12, Nikita daughter of Sandrine, asked Brad some questions, which Team Jordan thought may help locate Sandrine. Brad has declined to speak with me directly, unfortunately, but he did provide some answers through a third party. Thanks Brad. I have placed his answers on the Facebook page. Nikita asked some 22 main questions, with quite a few questions interwoven. Although Brad did not answer all the questions asked of him, Team Jordan will take whatever they can get, anything that will help locate Sandrin. Unfortunately, we are not that much advanced with the answers Brad has provided to this time. Hopefully, he can provide some more answers when he sees fit. On that note, Brad, I am happy to post Nikita's questions on the Facebook page if it helps you to consider each question separately or send them to you via SMS. After all, the family is merely seeking to find Sandrine, and your knowledge of the matter is integral to that. These were Brad's first and second responses to Nikita's questions. Lisa is the third party that Brad responded to the questions through. Hi Lisa, I have listened to the podcast and have two things to add. The ACA interview clip is assuming that I said I talked to her on my birthday. I didn't. I said that last day, which meant that the last day I talked to her, brackets, a few days before, even though I don't recollect that. The second is that I never agreed to take Sandrine to the camp. I was mad at her and didn't even want to speak to her ever again. Peter said that I shouldn't bother talking to her, so I didn't. Okay, so there are his first two responses. You may recall episode eight of the podcast, where I played a recording from a current affair. I'll play it again here to save you the trouble of going back and finding it. Can you tell us what happened to Sandrine? I talked to her on the last day, but that's it. The day she vanished, her family say Sandrine was supposed to be meeting up with another friend, Brad and going to a retreat. Going to meet with her and go to a retreat, weren't you? From retreat. Didn't see her that day? Yeah said he was angry with Sandrine on the day she disappeared, and that's why they didn't meet. Yeah, I was actually really upset. I'm sorry that I was. You know, that doesn't mean I did anything to her. The family seem to think that you and maybe others have information that you're not telling them. I don't have any information. I think under the circumstances, you know, if the police are talking to you, you take it pretty seriously. In a nutshell, Brad claims he spoke with Sandrine on the last day he saw her, which was about two or three days before she went missing. He says he was not referring to the day she went missing, which is the way most people, me included, understood it when I watched the ACA video. Brad, it took you eight years to provide that information. You were always in contact with Christine you could have easily clarified the matter in 2015 by a simple SMS or messenger message. I don't intend to comment further on that matter. The ACA video, by the way, can be found on the Missing Sandrine Jordan Facebook page. You can also find it on my YouTube channel, which is at Graham Crowley 448. Brad's third comment was this. I have no more interest in talking to Graham about this because he is using acting, brackets, as is Peter Morgan, to make it all sound dramatic. The invitation remains open, Brad, to be interviewed for the podcast. It would save a lot of time. I will broadcast whatever you wish to say, but please bear in mind, anything you do say is subject to fact-checking. As is the case with any matter I broadcast, me included. Brad's next comment was... Has Peter Morgan been investigated? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Lots has been left out about her and drugs. She is a convicted drug felon. She is making stuff up. I don't even have an uncle in Kyogle. I contacted Peter Morgan and put those allegations to her and offered her the right of reply. Hey, Peter. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Graham. Brad... Responded to some of Nikita's questions, as you are aware. And he's made some specific allegations about you. Yes. And I would like to give you the right of reply on that. No worries. Now, he said specifically this. Has Peter Morgan been investigated, I guess, in relation to Sandrine?
0: No, I've never been investigated. I was at home with my kids and my ex-husband in Mapleton the night that uh, Sandrine disappeared, but the police didn't even ask me where I was. Um, I think the police should have asked me questions, but um, they didn't, and I was disappointed that they didn't because I had a lot to say.
1: Yeah. Lots has been left out about her and drugs. Actually, the the next question follows on for that, so, so if you don't mind... She is a convicted drug felon.
0: Yes, yes, I'm not a convicted drug felon. Um, I have been very vocal about my cannabis activism, and uh, everyone who knows me knows that I'm a cannabis activist, but I've always been honest about that, and um, I'm not into hard drugs at all. I've seen what they do to people. I don't care what other people do with their bodies. I'm just not going to put it in my own body. But uh, I am not a convicted felon, and I don't even know if that's a valid title in this country. But, yeah, definitely not. In fact, I have no convictions against me at all.
1: That clarifies that. She is making stuff up. He's very vague about that. He doesn't mention what you're making it up about. It's very hard or difficult, I would expect, to even give an answer to that. What about this... uh... He claims he doesn't have an uncle in Kyogel.
0: Well... That wouldn't surprise me, but uh, the fact is that's what he told me and uh, he told another friend of mine a very similar thing. So it wasn't the same story, but it was very similar. So we've compared stories since then and I don't care what Brad says. He can't tell the truth. It's pretty obvious. He just can't tell the truth to save his life or his reputation.
1: Brad, I'm happy to look at any information you have in relation to Peter Morgan. I'm assuming, of course, you are referring to Sandrine's disappearance. But I say, I'm happy to look at anything you have. Brad's next comment was, Yes, I have a replica pistol. I showed it to the police when I volunteered, and that's in capital letters, myself to them. This is why I don't want to be a part of his podcast. I actually do not understand what you're trying to say there, Brad. You are welcome to clarify it if you wish. And on that subject, Brad... That is not what others recollect about that matter, specifically Christine and Peter Morgan. I caught up with both of them and put your comments to them. He said that um, he volunteered himself to police to be interviewed, but you have a different take, don't you?
2: The day the police spoke to him was the 1st of August. The 1st of August was also the same day, obviously, the text message on him stating, Hi, this is bad. Just letting you know, I had nothing to do with Sandrine's case, that I am um, killing myself today.
1: Yeah. So, what happened after you got that text message?
2: After I got that text message, I called the police straight away. The police informed me that there was nothing they could do without me having a surname, Reggio, and details of what exactly he drove, or his name, so that they, and the area that he was at. But without a description of his car and a surname, there's n- they couldn't just pull over everybody. So I then got off the phone to the police, contacted a few of Sandrine's friends. Some of them um, were going to get back to me. Some of them were like, yep, this is, um, we've got, he drives a grey van. Peter Morgan was actually one of the ones that said he drives a grey van. I went, not a problem, thank you very much. Got off the phone to Peter, called the police. That within an hour or so of me calling the police back, he had been intercepted by the Kenilworth Police Station. His van was searched at the time. Police contacted me and told me that they had him in custody.
1: Right. So volunteering himself is really sort of rewriting history perhaps.
2: He never volunteered, he was intercepted by police after I made the phone call saying that he was suicidal because I was worried about his well-being.
1: Thanks. The next comment he makes, I'm aware that you know something about this because I've been talking to Christine.
0: I, I love, I love that, I love that. So he doesn't want to be on your podcast because he has a replica pistol and he showed it to the police when he volunteered himself to them. That makes perfect sense.
1: Did Brad volunteer himself to the police on the 1st of August?
0: No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, He called, um, he didn't call Christine. He texted Christine and he said that he was going to kill himself that day and that he loved Sandrine and he didn't do anything to her and he hoped that Christine believed him. And um, because Christine was alarmed that Brad said he was going to kill himself, she did the right thing. She called Triple O. She called me back and she wanted to know what kind of car he drives and uh, where he was. I knew where he was. He was in um, the Overflow at Kenilworth, which is where we used to have our drumming camps. So I told uh, Christine the information. She related to the police. They picked her up, sorry, picked Brad up. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And, um, and then, as soon as I knew that he was in custody or, or whatever you'd like to call that, Um, I said, I called the police straight away and I said, you need to search his van. I think he did something to Sandrine. I think he's responsible for her disappearance. And, um, and then soon after that, um, one of the police officers called me back and said that they had, um, or maybe I called them back, but I had discussion with him and, um, he said that they found a replica pistol, but it was, um, not illegal in Queensland.
1: Right, but they picked him up.
0: They picked him up and they were holding him.
1: Yeah, so he hadn't volunteered himself. No. (laughs) No. Would you care to add anything to that, Brad? Or perhaps alter your position? You will recall Nikita asked you to forward your police statements. Are you able to do that? And were you interviewed once or more? Brad's next comment was this. I have proved I was not around Caboolture. I didn't even know she was there and I've never been to that property. In response to that comment, Brad, when you say you proved you were not around Caboolture, do you mean to the police? And if so, does that conflict with the comment that you made to two people that you lied to police about your whereabouts? More information if you don't mind.
2: There is another one here. It says, I have proved I was not around Cabocha and I didn't even know she was there and I've never been to that property. Well, the fact of the matter is, is on a current affair, he also stated and that he had planned to meet up with her. So which one is it?
1: The next comment, you people are so busy wasting time with my Mills and Boone romance novel that you are making this case blow up with so much unrelated material. Clairvoyance, what's next? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Listeners may recall that the Mills and Boone comment arose from a previous episode where I played transcript of Facebook Messenger comments between Peter Morgan and Brad. Queried Peter about those comments.
0: I know but it was you that got Mills and Boone's romance thanks Graham. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so I own up to that
0: yeah yeah well you know if Bradley didn't put um, you know so many exclamation marks and um, capitalized words in his sentences then we wouldn't have dramatized it if he actually wrote it that way and I have a pretty good grasp of grammar and that's what he was saying
1: yeah it did sound like a Mills and Boone story didn't it despite the fact I've never read one, but I expect that that's what they would sound like. Except this was real life, and it was not fiction. Brad's next comment read, You heard through Peter Morgan's quotes, in inverted commas, that I bent over backwards to help Sandrine in the months prior to her disappearance. I did. And all of this is how I'm repaid. No wonder I was suicidal at the time. My life had been horrible since then. I can't form relationships because my name is Mud. Does Team Sandrine even care about the many people the finger is being pointed at? Question mark, question mark. I might add other comments he made there as it all refers to the one matter. One source says she had no mental issues. Others say she is a nutcase. Jesus, this is crazy. Hardly any of my friends talk to me anymore. Now there is going to be a documentary. Well, my life is pretty much destroyed. As Brad quoted Peter Morgan in that comment, I decided to give her the right of reply.
0: <laughs> such a, such a. He, he's great. He's so clever because um, I quoted him. I, I certainly have never said that. He has continued to say how we bent over backwards for Sandrine and. He certainly didn't in any way, and anyone that knew the situation between Brad and Sandrine at the time knew that. He was actually harassing her and stressing her so much. But, yeah, no, Uh, it wasn't one of my quotes. It was one of his quotes. And, yes, I quoted him, but it doesn't make it true, as we know.
1: (laughs) I appreciate your comments, Brad, but, to be honest, further help is needed. There are a whole lot of unanswered questions to go. Would it be possible for you to now bend over backwards to help Team Jordan get to the bottom of Sandrine's disappearance? And yes, in relation to the documentary, listeners, that is apparently coming out in February this year by Channel 9 Under Investigation Program. So keep an eye out for it. Brad's next comment was, Oh, and I did not introduce Sandrine to Ian. We all met him at the same time when we broke down on Morton, if I recall. Hope this helps fill in gaps. Actually, Brad, others have an opinion about who introduced who.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting thing because um, I was told through, uh, Christine told me, actually, that Brad and Ian were neighbours. So I think they lived two doors down from each other, but they knew each other and um, Bradley did tell me that he introduced Sandrine to Ian and or introduced Ian to Sandrine, one of the two. He did tell um, this story that the, that Sandrine's car had broken down and that Ian came along um, and that he introduced her to Ian and I'm not the only person that he's told that story to. So, yeah. Right.
1: Brad's next comment was this. Oh, yes, and also... The reason I didn't go to drum camp earlier like I used to is because I was having my daughter's weekly scheduled visit and I wanted to spend as much time with her as I could. I wanted to get to my party at Kilcoy but wanted maximum time with my daughter. Brad, I have read other comments by you that your supervised weekly access to your daughter was on Saturday, not Friday and we have heard that on the day Sandrine went missing, you have said that you spent the morning at your mother's place, you spent the afternoon at Daz's, then you went back to your mother's, and then you went to the drum camp. If this is now the case, when exactly did you spend this quality time with your daughter? And in that regard, I see that you did not comment about your birthday party, which was previously quite a big part of your friday you said christine has some comments about that as well
2: there is something i was thinking of and has been playing my mind lately is the fact that the 13th of july was actually his birthday it wasn't a significant birthday it was his 44th birthday at the time but that year for some reason There's posts about the description of his cake his mum made, the presents his daughter gave him, and a lot of fuss around his birthday that year. But there's nothing on his Facebook page now or previously about his birthdays, apart from friends saying happy birthday and things like that. There's no massive family involvement. There's no happy birthday, son, remember the cake I made you this year, and blah, blah, blah. None of that. There's none of that. But for some reason, his 44th birthday, the 13th of July 2012, is an event that he doesn't recall too well, but he's referring to my sister's case as this crap and how am I supposed to remember that year? But on another hand, it also says how it's destroyed his life. Once again, yin and yang. It's either destroyed his life and I'm certainly sure right now that 13th of July, something happens in your life that ruins your life, you're going to remember it. You're going to remember every single detail. You're going to remember what you did, what you had for breakfast. You're going to remember those days, that day.
1: Yeah. I notice in those uh, answers he gave, he didn't actually mention the uh, birthday at his mother's place.
0: No, no. Well, there were too many holes in that story, weren't there? Way too many holes. Uh, it turned out that um, his mother didn't make the cake. Sylvie made the cake. And, um, yeah, there's it, just way too many holes in this story. So uh, he had to find another, another out.
1: Yeah. Which leads to the next comment. I was the one who told her to go to the Buddhist retreat, but I never offered to take her there nor was I waiting there for her. You said you wanted to help me clear my name, then please do it. You approach me, remember. Christine has some comments to make about your recollection of that.
2: That is a first. I spoke to Brad in actual back in 2015. My brother and I confronted him at one of the drumming camps that they were having and... Up until recently, he has denied speaking, seeking her attention or anything. At no stage when I mentioned she wanted to go to that Buddhist retreat, why did she want to go to the Buddhist retreat? He never said, oh, well, I told her to go there. That is a first that it's ever come across.
1: He was living at that Buddhist retreat at the time, wasn't he?
2: From what I've been told, yes, he had been living and working there. Chinswick Buddhist Retreat.
1: Chinswick, yeah.
2: And that is the one that on the day Sandrine went missing is the same Buddhist retreat she mentioned to my mother and stating that she needed to get there.
1: And why did she want to go there?
2: As She told my mother Brad was there and she was concerned for Brad's welfare.
1: So she wanted to go and see Brad? Yes. All right. Another eight-year delay in clarifying a matter. Let's hope you can do better. The next comment reads, Peter Morgan needs to be investigated. I heard that they were all doing hard drugs. Peter is lying about so many things. Just read her other blogs. See if she is mentally stable. And again, I invite you to provide any information you have about Peter Morgan and I guarantee I will look at it. Peter had these comments to make about your claims.
0: Ah, right, right, yeah. Well, look, um, I don't do hard drugs. I think I've made myself very clear on that. I don't like them. I don't like anything to do with um, any hard drugs at all. I will smoke cannabis and um, I will eat cannabis, um, but that's as far as that goes. So Um, he has spread this rumor before. I've actually, I do have um, several. No, one, one message that he wrote where he said, um, and why didn't Peter tell, pe- tell people that Sandrine had been doing drugs, hard drugs, or did he say drugs? Chemical drugs, I think it was the word he used. And why didn't Peter tell everyone that, um, that Sandrine was doing chemical drugs at her house for two weeks before she went missing? Well, first of all, she wasn't at my house for two weeks. Secondly, Sandrine was not doing any drugs. She wasn't in any state to even think it. She wasn't partying. <laughs> she, was, she was afraid for her life.
1: Brad's next comment refers to approval to third party Lisa to pass on his comments to me. And he said, yes, pass it on by all means. His next comment is, I want to know why I'm still even involved when it has been proven I wasn't around and totally accounted for. They are using me to keep the story going. This is why I didn't want to talk because no matter what I say, they are not believing it. It doesn't matter what they think, in capital letters, I have witnesses to say where I was, does she, does Ian, does John. And Lisa said, who were your witnesses when you were at your mum's? He replied, my parents, obviously. The police must have spoken to them. That's all the information Brad has provided at this time. Perhaps he can reflect on the comments here and, in fact, bend over backwards to help Team Jordan get to the bottom of Sandrine's disappearance. Instead of fighting them, just talk to them. All the family are trying to do is have you answer the questions so they can locate Sandrine. Not too hard, I would have thought. That's it for Brad Speaks. If you follow the podcast, you will be advised when a new episode drops. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it for me. It does help spread the word and it does make me look a better podcaster than I am. To rate it, just go to your podcast app, scroll down and you'll see the stars and all review and just uh, go from there. Please tell your family and friends. The Facebook page is Missing Sandrine Jordan. You can message me privately on my Facebook page, Graham Crowley Podcast Investigations, or email me at graham5353 at live.com this podcast was made possible with the awesome assistance of the ACAST Creator Network. Music, Inevitable Hope by RKVC. You'll find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can support me for the one-off cost of a cup of coffee by transferring funds to ComBank, BSB 064 180, Account number 10064508. You'll find those decals in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.